Hello, and welcome to the Daydream Believers podcast. I'm your host, Liz Chirelli. Here, you'll find a monthly dose of insight to help keep you motivated, inspired, and informed so you can continue working towards your dreams. We cover a variety of topics from mindset to health to strategy so you can become the person you need to be in order to turn your dreams into reality. Every now and then, we'll also bring in some music artists to showcase some of the finest electronic music out there. Thanks for listening, and remember to head to lizchirelli.com to download a free morning motivation that'll guarantee you start each day strong and stay on the path to success. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of the Daydream Believers podcast. I'm Liz and this episode I'm joined by Danny Levin, author of the insightful, wise and deeply beautiful book, The Mosaic. Today I will be inviting Danny to speak about the four practices of connection, how we as creators can connect to the work we are doing and how the archetypes of the mosaic can help one in the creative process. We'll also discuss what the silos of thought are that trap the creative mind flow, what the destination practice is and how it applies to the creative process and who is creating who. I'm super, super, super excited to be speaking with you today, Danny. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And we got our work cut out for us. That's a lot, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> and I think one of the things that you posted on the page for questions, and one of the questions was a concern of how do I get more connected to myself and, yes. and things like that, not from a narcissistic point of view, but just from connection to self. And that falls right into the four practices. So it'll be great. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, I'd love, I'd love for you to take it away with the four practices of connection. Let's chat about those. As I wrote The Mosaic, one of the things that happened is that the book hinted at things that I never saw before. And when we think about connection, we think about this, me, me talking to you. But there are three connections that actually happened before that. There's a connection to self, connection to a source, connection to a purpose, and connection than to others. And each of those connections has a practice. The first practice is a practice of being kind to ourselves. Hmm. I don't know about you and the work that you do, but I work with a lot of people, everyone from government officials to CEOs of corporations, to simple people on the street, to families. And almost across the board, without reservation, I find most people are really hard on themselves. Mm. And creatives in particular are so hard on themselves. They want to just get it perfect. They want to get everything done, which is beautiful. I mean, who doesn't want a perfect creation? I know when I was writing the book, The Mosaic, <clears throat> I thought it was going to take me two or three months to write. Three years later, I finally published it. And that was partly because my mind kept changing little things that probably nobody else knew. Mm -hmm. And it was partly because it in itself started to speak to me when I started to listen to it. So the first practice is be kind to ourselves. So 
If you can see this, great. If you can't see it, imagine this reality, all right? Here's my reality. Most of the time I spend doing this, trying to hit myself, and with my other hand, I, I defend myself. And if I look at the space between my face and where my hand is to defend myself, there's about three inches there. Not even, maybe. Because I'm just, that's how close I have to be to protect my own right fist from hitting myself in the face. Now, it would be fine if all I did was hit myself in the face, but I hit myself all through my body. Mm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. I'm knocking myself down, I'm putting myself down, I'm belittling myself, I'm doing all sorts of things. So now I have to have a full wall to protect myself, 360 around myself, to not be attacked by me, not by you. Hmm. You're all the way over here. I have to protect myself from my own attacks, from my own perfectionism, from my own desire to be hard on myself, from my own thought that I'm not good enough or worthy. And when I do that, my ability to interact with the world or to bring into creation what, I'm, what is mine to create is really hard because I'm, I'm limited by this wall that's right here. I have a hard time letting something in and I have a hard time giving something out. So the amazing thing about being kind to myself is when I'm no longer hitting myself, I no longer need to protect myself. Mm. And I can bring that wall down which now means holy, holy Toledo, my whole, my whole world has opened up. Yeah. It's gone from three inches to maybe 10 feet. Now I might see you in the distance and get scared, but now I have a 10-foot space and I can move and, and, and create in that space to figure out how do, we, how, do we, um, how do we work through that together. But I've already have the basic principle. I have kindness. Mm. I know that kindness has taken down my wall. Yeah. And when I'm kind then to you, there's a chance that I can take down your wall too. And you can take down your wall with me. So let's get back to where we are. Okay. When we're in the process of creation, whether it's music, writing a book, painting a work of art, the harder we are on ourselves the more we limit the amount of inspiration that can get into us because we literally close off everything because we're scared of what's going to happen of our own assault. Mm. The more we can be kind to ourselves and say, Hey, you know what? I just didn't get it. I didn't get that note. I didn't get that doesn't sound good, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going because in the world of creation, it isn't how many times we fall. All that matters is we get up one more time than we've, the amount of times we fall. Totally. Right? Yeah. And when we get up, then we say, oh my goodness, now look what's possible. Yeah. So does that make sense to you in terms of, a, of an artistic interpretation, a creation interpretation? Absolutely. And if I may add to that as well, through my own kind of experiences as a creative and in the process of finishing my album, which, as you know, I've just released. Beautiful, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I came to realize that, 
you know, rather than being scared of making mistakes or being even worse, ashamed of the mistakes that I was making, to just trust the journey and to enjoy the process, enjoy the process of growing, enjoy what the mistakes were teaching me, what the mistakes were showing me that where I could improve, how I could improve. Um, and surrendering to that what, rather than resisting it. I think a lot of us as creators, the, the perfectionist inside us that is trying to constantly punch us in the face, we're terrified of making mistakes. But it's actually through those mistakes that we are given opportunities to grow and learn more and actually become better creators. Yeah. And so let's slightly reframe it for people, okay? Because Anytime I hear the word mistake, I don't want to make a mistake, <laughs> right? So I'm going to subconsciously protect myself from making those mistakes. But if I'm walking along the way and I get lost for a little while, I don't protect myself. I just find my way back. Mm -hmm. If I think I should have turned left and it doesn't look like I'm going the right way, I just turn around and go or, or, I, re, or I reroute. In yeah. my GPS, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rerouting, rerouting. <laughs> or if I get traffic in front of me in my GPS, I'll find an alternative route. Mm. It's not a mistake. All those things are, if we could see what we think of as mistakes, as opportunities for us to really go into places we would never go into and find our way out. And in finding our way out of that, that's where creativity happens. If we're scared to make mistakes, how many risks do we take? Zero. <laughs> okay, right? And, and the beauty of your music and the beauty of any real work of art is you can feel that you took some risks. You didn't do it the way everybody would do it every step of the way. You, you allowed inspiration to take you. When we're scared of taking risks, we don't let inspiration take us. We, we control everything. We say, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is how it's going to be. The stroke should be this way. The chapter should sound like this. But I had an interesting thing happen when I was writing the mosaic. I would write the chapter and it would erase it because it, it was not what it wanted me to say. The book so that, itself. So that part where you said who is creating who mm. in our introduction. Mm -hmm. If we're scared of taking risks, we don't let the who that wants to create through us create mm. because we think we're creating it. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. And so when it, it's such a, a small, it seems so simple just to be kind to ourselves and not hit ourselves all the time, but it's so hard. Yeah. And it's so I, huge. It's huge. And I created, I created this, this wristband, you know, that we put on, that's a mm -hmm. be kind to you wristband. It's available on my website, which is the mosaiconline.com. And the idea is to try and go 21 days consecutively of practicing kindness to yourself. I've had it on for five and a half weeks. I'm at day one still. I got to four days but then I, I fell back. Mm. And so here's what I'd like to say in the process of doing music, in the process of creating a painting, in the process of writing a book. Maybe it isn't about getting to the finish line quickly. Maybe the, maybe the destination is actually the route that we take. Mm. 
Maybe it's what happens to us in the process of getting to the destination. Absolutely. That makes the destination beautiful. In music, we don't just listen to the beginning of a song and go to the end. The richness of the music is what happens in the middle. But in our life, we try and get to the end really quickly. But the beauty of our life is what happens in the middle. Mm. I suck at that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I like beginning and I like ending. But the middle is where everything is. Yeah, actually what you were just saying now reminded me of a quote. It was from a spiritual master who said that the point in getting to the top isn't getting to the top, the proverbial top. It's the journey that one undertakes in order to, to get there. It's about who you become in the process. Yeah. And I think a lot of us forget that. Yeah. It's interesting. I worked at Hay House for a long time, for 10 years. Oh, Hay. wow. Interesting. Hay House is a publishing house. Mm. Uh, and I would watch after how author after author would write not the book that they knew, but the book they most needed to read. And what I realized in writing the mosaic is I was doing the same thing. Mm. Given my druthers, I would be in the cave in the Himalayas. I would just be sitting and meditating. I would be um, just trying to make my connection to the divine more, more powerful because I'm getting to that stage in Indian culture where at this stage of life you walk away from the world and go to go and make sure your connection with the divine is good before you go to bed. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so... God must be having a huge belly laugh that I'm talking about connectivity because I'm the least likely person in the world to work on connectivity. I I do connection to source, but my connection everywhere else hasn't been strong because all I've concerned myself was this. So he must be having, or she must be having, a beautiful belly laugh (laughs) because she must be just laughing and laughing because I keep saying, why did you pick me to write a book about connectivity? I'm the least qualified. And the answer I hear through her belly laugh is that's exactly why. We're not doing it because you, need, you, know, you know it. Yeah. We're doing it to show you. Yeah. So what if we're writing the music because it's what, it's what we need to do to grow as a human being, not just as for the creation of the song? Absolutely. Make sense? Yeah, totally. And I go to step two of the... Uh, connects four steps. Absolutely. <laughs> so the second practice, once we bring down the walls, then we start to see that the world exists in a larger dimension that we're in. More comes into us and we can put more out. And suddenly we allow ourselves to become a little more vulnerable. We're not as protected. We're not as cared for. The more walls we take down, the more vulnerable we can be with the world. We can share ourselves from a real place. We can share ourselves from an authentic place, not from, we've all met people who say, this is who I was. I can say I helped Hay House grow from $3 million to $100 million. But that was 18 years ago. That doesn't matter anymore. All that matters now is what am I doing right now? And so from that vulnerable place, the second practice is be vulnerable. Allow yourself to receive Allow yourself to take what you receive and give, but not from a place of pompousness and pride, but from a place of of real authenticity. I wonder when I look out in the world why so many people want to be more than they are. Mm. 
why so many people tell us all of their attributes. Often when people introduce me, they'll give me my resume and I'll say to people, I thank you so much. I'm so honored that you think so highly of me. But all that really matters, really right now, Liz, all that matters for you and I right now is, first of all, do we touch each other? And do we touch anybody who listens? Mm -hmm. And if we touch anybody who listens through our music, through our conversation, through the books that we write, through the art that we do, it doesn't matter what we've done. Because what we're doing now it has impact. Absolutely. And that comes from my years on this planet. That doesn't come from hiding behind my walls and painting them and making you believe my walls are me. That comes when I allow you into me. It allows when I let you see me and when you let me see you. And then we connect with each other, mm. not just one wall to another, but real people to real mm. people, music to people, book to people, story to people, painting to people. Mm. So I think this topic of vulnerability is so poignant for anybody, but especially creatives. Um, I used, to, I used to be a DJ and dance music producer, and I remember once getting told by somebody that the music that I felt that I wanted to make wasn't cool, wow. and that I should focus on making music that was cool if I wanted to be a successful DJ. And it just, thankfully, didn't feel right <laughs> to be on the receiving end of this information. And I remember my reaction was quite a powerful, no, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be writing music that connects to people. And I believe that the only way that that can be created is if I'm being true to, to what I feel I'm being told to create, not, yeah. not what somebody else is telling me that I should be creating. It's a feeling that comes from within me. Um, and I think that that is something, it's another thing that really prevents creative people from truly moving forward in their careers. It's, it's this concern with number one, trying to conform to some sort of paradigm that already exists. And number two, this fear of, like you say, opening yourself up creatively and really being vulnerable um, and writing or creating whatever is being sent to you to create. Yeah. So I have a really um, personal story on this too, if I can share it. Please do. My brother and I often have conversation. And my brother always says to me, you're unrelatable. You're a connectivity expert that's unrelatable because all you really care about is saying things the way you want to say them. And you're so committed to the integrity of who you are as a human being that nobody's getting it. So there's some compromise that he, he invites me and I fought him for, I'm going to say I'm 63. Now I'm going to say I fought him for about 45 years. And I just went, you know, screw you. I don't really care. Like I don't, like I'll, I'll, people will be drawn to the me that I am. And if they're not drawn to me, then it's more important for me to speak my truth than to speak a truth that people will get if it's not my truth. Somewhere in the last month, something happened to me. 
you can imagine my relationship with my brother is never hasn't been great because all the input that he's giving, I was just walling up and not letting it come in. And I started to think, hold on, you're talking about vulnerability and you're talking about receiving and you're talking about giving and you're talking about sharing. What if he's saying something to me that maybe I don't go 100% full in, but the beauty of a mosaic is sometimes pieces only connect at a corner. At a corner. It's just this little the, the edge, the tiny point that the one corner connects to the tiny point of another. They don't, they're not full side to side. Mm. Most of what they're saying doesn't agree, but there's one point there that does, that creates the bridge to a different reality. And I started to think, how, how would it be if I just listened to him without, without opposing? What would I be able to receive? What would come to me that I haven't received? What would I see that I haven't seen? I know what my silo looks like of my thought. And I know that I appeal to a certain type of person. But what would happen if I allowed the structure of what he was trying to give me to introduce me to a whole new silo? I have been so enamored by the beauty of that process. And so it's a delicate point because I ser- there's so many people that just sell out, especially mm-hmm. creative- yeah. creatively. They, don't, they, they do what other people want them to do. Yeah. And, not but, there is something to having the most beautiful message in the world. When I was at Hay House, we had people that had the most beautiful books anybody's ever written and nobody bought them because they didn't do what it was needed to get well-known. So people bought on the topic, they would buy the people they knew, not the people that wrote the best books. Because when they walked into the bookstore, they said, we want, we want a book by this, and people would take them right to the person that was most well-known. So there's something, and I'm not saying I have the answers, but it's a question that I would like creatives to ask. How do we stay true to ourselves? And how do we find that connection point that links us to the world that is not ready to take the step all the way over here, but is able to take just the step to this corner where we can connect? And through that, where do we both go? It's not, oh, we'll bring them in over to here. How do I see where they're bringing me to? And if we were really one, what would we do? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's a tricky point, and I don't mean that I don't, I, I definitely don't want someone to come away thinking, sell yourself out and don't be true to your integrity. But there, the world's bigger than just one black point and one white point. Yeah. yeah the, world, a, the world is not black and white. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so when we look for the commonality of what those two statements are saying, there's something there. Mm. And we spent so much time defending our black or their white. Mm. When I started to look in my brother, with my brother, when I started to look for, hold it, what could he be saying that could actually be, that I could integrate? All of a sudden, a whole new door opened up. And that's where innovation comes. That's where creativity comes. That's where miracles happen. That's where the world that I see changes. Mm. And I think for creatives, We are all starvingly creative. 
right? We have, we're doing beautiful things and we're starving because we haven't found the way to connect mm. to the world that we want to serve. Mm. So the most beautiful music in the whole world, if it's never heard, does it really happen? It's like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there, does it make a sound? Yeah. The other point that I find really poignant is when you are really true to yourself and when you do like, answer the call of the inspiration that is really trying to come through you, doors seem to magically open. Yeah. Things start happening. Pieces of the mosaic start connecting that you didn't even realize were there. 100%. And it takes, such, it takes such courage to make that leap of faith. But when you do, miracles really do start happening. Yeah. And really what I'm saying in the second practice of being vulnerable, it's not only being vulnerable to an internal. Remember, there's four connections. There's connection to self. You have to listen to what your own self is saying. You have to listen to what your source is saying, your spirit. You have to listen to what your purpose is telling you to do. And you have to listen to what others are telling you to do. So it's like the man who went to see his teacher and his teacher said, all is one. And he went out into the streets and he was walking through the streets of India and he saw an elephant racing towards him. And he said, all is one. I am in the elephant. The elephant is in me. And the driver was yelling, get out of the way. It's a wild elephant. Get out of the way. And he said, no, no, all is one. All is one. And the elephant slashed into him and decimated him. And he woke up, he woke up months later in the hospital bed with his guru standing by his bed. And he said, guru, what happened? You said, all is one. The ele- it, it was in the elephant. It's in me. He said, yes, but the... You didn't hear the elephant driver is also part of that one that was saying, get out of the way. Mm. Yeah. That's part of the oneness too. Yeah. And so we sort of have to put aside our, I'm going to say it's arrogance, but it is an arrogance. But it's that thought of us that we know better. Yeah. That, that we're going to, presumptuousness. We're going to do it our way. We know this is what we were guided to do. But yet the, whole, the world around us is part of our, us too. And we're connected to everything. It's not just the internal. We listen to all the feedback. Mm. And we try and integrate every piece of that into what we're doing and create something that then connects us to the wholeness of all of it. Yeah. That connects the whole mosaic, outside noise, inside noise, inside thoughts, music, art. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it. I, I, I'm as far away from it as anybody in the world. I'm not saying that I've got this. <laughs> but the thought of it is so intoxicating to me because that's really what the mosaic is. It's, it's blending all the voices into one chorus mm. that makes the sound of resonance mm. that is inspiring and relatable and intuitive and counterintuitive all at the same time. Mm. Practice three is once we open up and we're vulnerable, then what happens is we start to feel what our purpose is. We, we get all this information. We get so much that comes in. Like imagine you making music or me writing a book. Okay, I can use me writing a book because I know what it, it's like. I would get all this feedback of you should do this and you have to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. And I wanted to be open to all of it. And at one point I went, ah! stop right (laughs) like let me take it all in i got it let me take it all in and now let me let me understand what my purpose is my destination is to write this book destination drives purpose purpose Mm -hmm. drives destination 
we live in a in a time and age where we can have a GP, we have, we have a GPS system. We get into our car, we put the GPS to where we're going and the GPS most of the time takes us. It sometimes gets corrupt and takes us off of the way. Right. But most of the time it takes us to where we're going. Pretty soon we're going to have self-driving cars where we'll just sit back and relax and we don't even have to think about it. What happens outwardly is what's happening inwardly. We have a GPS system in our, in our bodies, minds, spirits, souls, hearts, that when we tell it where we want to go, not just with our mouth, but all of our actions tell it where it wants to go, it takes us there. Mm-hmm. So now that we're getting all this input, we have to make sure now we take all that input and say, this is our destination. Mm. And what it will do once you put it in is it will reroute our life mm. to that destination. So I want the song to be three minutes long. I can't have a full orchestration in it because it's going to, it won't be enough time for it. I want the book to be eight chapters to be eight pages to 12 pages long. I can't start the pontificate too much because it's not it's not enough mm-hmm. i want it to be simple so i can't make it too confusing it will guide us if we let it yeah and that place will be beautiful and step four finally is when we are op- when we're kind to ourselves and we're open and vulnerable and we're purposeful and we're, we know where we're going now we build our mosaic together now we mm-hmm. connect to our, ourselves with the people if you're coming to l.a perfect example of that you know exactly where you know exactly what you've got you know exactly where you're going you've connected yourself with people that are going to help create that not only for you but for the people that follow in your footsteps to open up this world to artists who will be able to go from unknown to known and how beautiful and so we build the mosaic that then serves our purpose that it, with kind people yeah. who aren't scared, with vulnerable people who receive and listen and give and, and follow, where real communication happens. And that's, that for me is the way a creative does his work, a government runs, a family runs, a CEO of a corporation runs. Right. It's all the same model. Amazing. And it's, it's quite interesting because a lot, of the, a lot of the teachers that I've been learning from recently the more conscious ones really place emphasis on us as creatives taking the time to define our, our why and our purpose and our yeah. message and our kind of mission statement, if you like. And I think so often that gets forgotten or the importance of it gets overlooked. But it really, it, that intention and that focus drives everything it, it's it's the it's the fuel of the car that we're in 100 <laughs> percent. i had a, i had a friend and a teacher say to me when you don't know where you're going any road will take you there yeah. and it's really true when you know where you're going um i did this interesting thing i'm still in the process of doing it where i changed my destination of the foods that i ate mm. from foods that comfort me to foods that are good for me and I rerouted my system. Mm. And so occasionally I'll, I'll turn my GPS off and turn into a place that's not good for me for comfort. Okay. But my car is saying to me now, this is the way we have to go. These foods are good for you. Eat these foods and you'll be fine. 
And I don't even have to think about it. I just sit back and I do what I'm told to do. But in order to do that, I have to be vulnerable enough to say, I'm willing to listen to something other than what I think is right. It's the steps that build upon each other, if that makes sense. We have to take down our wall, kind to ourselves. We have to be open to hearing and listening not just giving. I mean, we're, we're givers. We love to give, but it's really hard for us to receive. But we have to be willing to receive because that's where a lot of it comes. Then we have to know where we're going, our purpose. And that purpose is so hard for people to get to because that takes work. It's easy to just take off and start running, <laughs> right? I mean, you can sit down at a piano, you can play, you can, mu- you can mix music, you can do whatever you want. You can start writing a book. You can write any story you want. But when you know where you're going, that takes, that's hard. It's harder to be simple than it is to be complex. Mm -hmm. My brother says to me, if I knew where I was going, I would talk less. I talk too much because I don't have my purpose right in front of me. And he's right. Thank you, Danny. I love that. You're so welcome. (laughs) You're so welcome. Shall we move on to... And this is something that actually has come up in the conversation that you and I had had over over lunch, is how we as creators can connect to the work we are doing. And I really loved that when you said to me, you just asked me, what does your album want? And it's such a simple question. And I think it's often one that we don't even consider asking. Mm -mm. So I'd love to go, yeah, to delve deeper down that rabbit hole with you. It was so interesting when I was writing I started to feel like I said to you, I would write something and the book would erase it. Mm. Because if we would imagine that everything in the world is alive, the books that we're writing, the paintings we're making, the music we're creating, the art that is flowing through us, it comes back to who's creating who. When we realize that we've been chosen by this music, bring it into the world when we're vulnerable enough to listen to what it wants us to write, whether it's a book, the stroke it wants us to make on a painting, the business that we're running. So few people treat the reality around them as if it's alive. They feel like it's just this piece of meat or whatever, and I'm the one doing everything. I am this, I am that, but we're not. The mosaic has taught me that we're just one little piece of the whole mosaic that's being created through us. And so when we ask our work, I'm stuck here. What would you like me to do? How would you, what, how are you communicating to me that I'm not hearing you? How can I open up and receive more? Is there a wall? Check your walls. Check to see if you've been hurt. Check to see if it's going a direction you don't want it. You think it's got to go this direction and it's trying to pull you in the other direction. It's like we're running full speed and we're tied to a post. It's not letting us get anywhere. In those moments, slow down. Say, how did I get caught? Why is this happening? It's not a bad thing. It's not a mistake we're making. It's beautifully opening us up to the place where we can receive from something bigger than we are Mm. to allow 
it to create through us. The songs that you write were there all the time. You just heard them before anybody else. I was sitting and talking with an architect the other day, and he said, when I come to a space, I just see the building already there. Nobody else has seen it yet. Mm. I just, I just put, make the blueprint to build the building that's already sitting there. What would happen if we wrote the book that's already there that nobody's yet written? We, played the, we wrote the song that nobody's heard before, but we, we were gifted to hear it. We painted the picture that nobody ever saw before. This whole idea of taking these walls down, these four steps of connection, is connection to everything. It's not just the people. It's connection to the creative process. Mm. Because when we're open enough and vulnerable to allow things to speak to us, everything speaks to us. The wind, when it blows through the trees, tells us something we've never heard before. The flower, when we pass by and smell it, intoxicates us with something more than just an aroma. There's something in everything. And when we're in sync with the, with the unity of all things being, coming together to create the one thing, we start to hear a completely different story. Mm. In my book, when that happened, Mo met, a, Mo met a monk who unzipped the sky, who he never knew, and he never knew the sky unzipped. He unzipped the sky and he walked them into a parallel reality on the other side of the sky that he thought was the end of the world. But it wasn't. There was a whole other world behind that world. In our music, in our creativity, in our book writing, in our artistry, what's behind what we see? Where's that unzip the sky moment where suddenly something opens up that we never, ever saw before? And we're the first ones to see it. And we have the awesome, beautiful, powerful job of trying to tell somebody what an orange tastes like who's never tasted an orange. Through the music that we write or through the book that we, story that we tell or through the painting that we create. That's our job as creatives. Mm. It isn't to say this is what I want to create and sit down and create it. That's one level. We can do that. But imagine how how complex and beautiful and mysterious and all-inspiring all the world becomes when we just repeat what it says. A lot of times in the work that I do with people, people can't believe that I'm so spot on in what I say to them. And I say, I just laugh. I said, here's what's happened. You, your soul just told me what to say to you. And you think I'm giving you a good message. Well, I can't hear my soul because all my stuff gets in the way of it. You know, all my stories get in the way of me hearing me. Most of the time I'm getting a little bit better, but still I'm blocked. But when I look at somebody else, I don't hear their stories or see their things. I just, mm. their soul just talks to me unencumbered. Mm. And when I say it back to them, it's because that's what their soul wants from them. When we are able to listen and just translate and just really repeat back. We're, we're, we're as creatives, we hate the, the thought that we're just saying what somebody else said. We want to be original. <laughs> we want to say it the way we want to say it. But if we listen 
it will be said in a way that no one's ever said it before because the only reason it's coming to us this way is because no one else has ever said it like that before. In that way, in that particular way, yeah. Right? Yes. You, you, you sing a song that someone else has sung, but you sing it in an entirely new way. Yeah. No one's ever sang it like that before. Yeah. Right? The excitement of being a creative is the most intoxicating reality that exists because it's really about tuning into something everything around us mm. hearing it and creating it mm. it's also as well as being exciting in my opinion a position of great responsibility that a lot of creatives have become so concerned with being famous and becoming a celebrity that they've actually forgotten the role of responsibility that they have as creatives. Yeah. In Zen, they have a beautiful saying. They call it the, the Zen mind is the beginner's mind. It's the ability to do the same thing for the millionth time as if you've never done it before. Mm. And I watch it in publishing also. I would meet some of the most beautiful people in the world and they would start to believe what everybody else said about them and they would become the biggest assholes in the world because they could, they were the ones that could only have green M&Ms in the, in the green room because they deserved that. They thought they went from being beautiful, ordinary people thinking there was something extraordinary about them. And one of the things that the mosaic is for me, it's a celebration of the ordinary. What is more beautiful than watching the sunset? Happens every day. It's ordinary. Same time, same place, all the time. Ordinary. What's more beautiful than watching the night become the day? It happens every day, 365 days a year, no matter where you are. It's ordinary. The extraordinaries think that they can change where the sun sets. They can make a mountain into a river. They can stand in the front of the line because they're more special. But extraordinary things happen when extraordinaries come together. When we do things together. Yeah. Not only people, but all the environment around us. When we listen to everything around us, that's what makes an extraordinary thing. Because mm -hmm. it's extraordinary moments. Beautiful. So I, I love all the archetypes in, in the mosaic. I, I just thought they were really interesting and beautiful characters. One of the questions were, how, how do the archetypes of the mosaic help one in the creative process? So what I really want to invite people to do is I can speak about it, but I want to invite people to experiment with it themselves. On my website, which is themosaiconline.com, one of the places you can go to, it says card reading. And you ask a question and you get three different perspectives. You get a past, present, and future perspective. When I was at Hay House, I created those card decks. To this day, I don't know how they work. But when I ask a question, I'm, I'm floored by how direct these architects speak to me. So the archetypes were just the things that I created from the life experiences that I had. Really the archetypes, so my archetypes are a trash man, a juice man, a street worker. Ask it, ask it a question, but 
You don't have to use my archetypes. The beautiful thing to me about the mosaic is that people that I thought were absolutely ordinary, and I have to tell you, I was a little bit of a snob before this book came to me, because I like to hang out with only sort of higher vibration people. I like to eat in only higher vibration restaurants. I like to eat only certain types of food. And I was a little bit of a snob. But when I started to see that in every single person, there is a story that would be a New York Times bestseller, that would make a movie that would make every person in the world cry. That when I just took the time to listen to them, I saw extraordinary people in, in the ordinary. And for me, it isn't about putting, you're getting your superpower on or, or putting on your cape and your mask and becoming a superhero. It's about realizing how beautiful and extraordinary the ordinary is and just being yourself. And so what I would say is you can go to the website and see it. Um, if people contact me, I don't, they're, not, they're not out yet, uh, I, but I have them in, in a PDF format that I can get to people. And you can just read them and you can see what they say. But those are just my archetypes. You can find them on any street corner. You can find them sitting on a street corner begging you for food. You can find them in the person you're trying to create a business deal with. When you see not what you see, but you see behind what you see and actually see the humanness and the human being that's there, yeah. every single thing in this world is embracing us, hugging us, loving us, and wanting to help us get to where we're going. Everything's speaking to us. Just start to listen. Mm. We, listen to me, I'm talking about listening and I don't shut up, right? I talk, <laughs> I talk all the time. And yet, when we actually listen, the world speaks to us. So let those archetypes, and they might surprise you as to who they are. Mm. They might be the person that just cussed you out on the, on the corner or in the yeah. office. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think one thing that life's taught me as well, or that my journey so far in life has taught me, is that the world is it's reactive and it's responsive according to how you yourself think and act. Yeah. In thought, in word, and in deed. And if you are constantly speaking badly towards yourself and projecting negative energy out into the world because of that even if outwardly you are nice to people life will respond to you in a way that reflects pretty much how you speak to yourself so even if you're trying to you know trick life or trick yourself into hmm. believing that you're a nice person because you kind of act like yeah hi Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> nicely towards people but you act horribly towards yourself life's going to react to you and show you the, the hard truth it's going to respond to you in in certain ways and that has been a really difficult lesson for me to learn and i think it's also 
a lesson that many, many people close themselves off to in life. How, how come that's been so hard for you to learn? Because it, I had to admit to myself that, you know, nobody, nobody treats me as badly as I treated myself or nobody treated me as badly as the way I treated myself. Yeah. If I spoke to other people the way that I used to speak to myself, I would have no friends, like yeah. no friends. Yeah. And when I realized that, I felt so ashamed of how horrible I'd been to myself. Like, you know, I was just like, I'm so sorry, Liz, for the way that I've treated you all these years, um, for the things that I've done to my body and for the, the thoughts that I've been allowing to roll around inside my head it was um you know it was it was a dark place in 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 there for some time and it's taken me you know it took me a while to clear it all out and to reprogram the way that i thought um and it's still it's still it's still a an ongoing process it's still a journey but my life has done a 180 since yeah. since I've, I've i've done that since i've invested yeah. the time and the energy into cultivating the thoughts inside my head that's that, that are loving more loving and more kind it it sounds so simple and i thought come on a be kind to you bracelet right it sounds so sort of oh come on i've heard this a million times like be kind to yourself but even with my bracelet on, I forget it's there. Mm. I don't even look at it. I still treat myself and I don't remember. So, but the idea is that you put it on your left hand and you keep it on your left hand as long as you're kind to yourself. When you find yourself not being kind to yourself, eating something you don't want to eat, having a thought that you don't want to have, speaking, putting yourself down, thinking you're in a dark place when you're just traveling along the road, and it sometimes gets to be night. You know, you don't, you don't criticize the night for being dark because it's, that's just what it is. Mm. It's the journey. Yeah. Then you just take it off your left wrist and put it on your right wrist and start day one. Mm. Five weeks I've been doing it. I'm, on, I'm still on day one, okay? But the journey isn't getting to the end as in quickly in 21 days. The journey is for me to watch how many times a day I put myself down and then to see can I be kind to myself, even when I put myself down? Can mm. I not punish myself by saying I, I was terrible to myself? Can I, can I be kind to myself, even when I notice how unkind I've been to myself? Can I treat myself with love? Can I look at the things that destroy me and just love them rather than try and say they're wrong? Someone said to me, in a podcast that I did the other day. But what about these, because I have, uh, uh, we'll get there, I think, that the, 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 the um, change process, the, the, the change formula, it's that our thoughts become our words. Our words are what we use to tell our stories. And our stories dictate the life that we live. And they said, but what about those thoughts that we have? They're negative thoughts that we just can't get away from. And how do we transform them? And how do we get rid of them? And how do we change them? I said, why? Why don't you just love them? Why don't you just listen to them? Like, what would happen if we were really vulnerable? What if those thoughts are there 
to tell us something that we haven't been able to hear. Mm. Why don't we just let everything into us instead of putting up that wall and saying, you shouldn't be here. You're not here. You don't belong here. You're not, these are not the thoughts that I want to think. Well, guess what? There's somebody else playing the game with you. Mm. And maybe you have those thoughts just to learn how to love more and to love yourself more and yeah. to see that you don't have to always have positive thoughts. You can love yourself when you have negative thoughts. If I were, if you, if I came to you and said, you know, it's taken me a long time and I've been in this and I'm still do, struggling and I, these, they're dark places. They're really dark. You would say, Danny, you're doing so good. Like I knew you back there when you were, when, and look how far you've come. You've made a 180 degree shift, right? And, and so I'll be with you the other 180 degrees. Let's turn the thing full circle and come back exactly to that place where we were and just see it totally different because from a place of love. And that's what we as creatives, to me, that's what I want to do as a creative is to express my creativity, that ability for people to love so much mm. that we love each other through that and we love ourselves through that. Yeah. Because if the mosaic has taught me anything, it's taught me that I'm not all good. <laughs> there's, some yeah. bad, there's some bad shit in there too, yeah. right? And yet that's what makes my mosaic interesting. Yeah. On a podcast the other day, I was talking to someone and they were saying, um, have you ever had any, like, you seem like you're doing so well now. Have you ever had any down moments? I said, are you kidding? I'm in the midst of a down moment right now. Mm. And the down moments are what makes the up moments beautiful. You can't have light without darkness. It doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And there's this thought in, that I think the creative community could really serve the world by sharing with the world that light and dark are part of the same picture. Mm -hmm. one's not better than the other. Mm. And one can't exist without the other either. One can't exist. You don't, you, in, in music, I'm not going to probably say it right, but you can't have a sharp note without a flat note, right? Yeah. In, in a story, you need the hero's journey. You need to see him go through the adversity to come through on the other side. Yeah. Who likes reading a story where every day everything was beautiful and everything was great and it's like in San Diego, the weather was always 70 degrees. You, you just expect it. When it gets 71, you're sort of pissed off. When it gets 69, you think global warming's taking effect. You know, you put on your parka. Well, you know, that's not that big a change. There's something beautiful about the change of seasons, about going through summer into, into fall, seeing the beautiful the beauty of the leaves changing color, to see the trees suddenly empty and then seeing spring, all the leaves come back and the whole rebirth process. There's something beautiful to that. But it's not beautiful if you think, oh, shit, it's cold out now and it's too hot and it's this and it's that. Everything in nature tells us that it's all part of the same story. But our nature says we only need to be, we only want good things. Mm. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, you know, from a, from a business perspective, entrepreneurs talking about the fact that a lot of people just assume that the journey of progress is, is one smooth upward gradient, but it's not, it's, it's, it goes up and then it goes down and then it goes up a bit more and then it goes down four times more and then it goes up a little bit and then it goes down again. And it's this up, down, up, down, peaks and troughs, peaks and troughs. It's this journey of growth realization 
you know, pain, suffering. Okay, what do I need to learn? The dark moments, you go, go into it, don't resist it. That's what I'm always trying to encourage people to do. So many people are like, no, but I want to feel good. And I said, do you understand how much suffering you're causing yourself just by simply resisting the dark yeah. that, is, it is, that is wanting to encompass you right now? Just accept it. Accept you're going through a dark moment. Accept you're going through a dark phase. Know that it will pass. And try to open yourself up to the lessons that life is trying to teach you in this more introverted, darker time. You know, the shrouded time when the covers come over and you don't want to go out. It's generally because something needs to be learned. So mm -hmm. embrace it. <laughs> in, in my book, there's a character that's called the road worker. And the road worker, his job is to fix potholes. That's what he does. And he realizes that every road, no matter how beautiful or how, how beat up, every road over time will have a pothole. And he sees a pothole, but it's easy for him. He's seen so many of them. He knows exactly what you have to do. You chip off the edges of it. You, you dig out all the stuff. You pour a new thing of concrete in. You paint it. You put a stripe down the middle. And it's back as good as new. The interesting thing for him is he watches people's relationship to potholes. I love this bit in the book. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so he, some people just drive around it and they pass the situation without any hesitation. They were just fortunate they got through it. Other people drive into the pothole, ruin the whole front end of their car, go to the shop, get it fixed, and they're almost as good as new. I mean, they may have a few few complications but it, it it runs the third group of people drive into the pothole think nobody will notice drive out and say i didn't go into a pothole and they deny the fact that something bad happened to them and they just try and hide it behind the wall because they don't want they want to appear better to the world than what they are but the fourth group of people is who interests them the most and I can say this very honestly because that's where I w I've been. It's the people that drive into the pothole and don't think they can get out. Mm. Their life has been glorious, full of successes, all sorts of beautiful things. And they just drive into this pothole and they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they think they're stuck there until the end of time. In those cases, when they're open, the road worker, because he has to fix the hole, he has to get them out. They can't, he can't pour concrete into it when they're sitting in there. He just offers them their, his hand. And he says, if you just take my hand, two inches, two inches from where you are is another beautiful, glorious road. You're, you're going you're gonna to drive freely through this. It's easy to get out. You're, where you are right now is not who you are. It's just where you are right now. Mm. Yeah. Allow the world to help you. Help each other. Mm -hmm. But you got to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, help, I'm in a pothole. Will someone yeah. come and get me, right? Yeah, exactly. But most of us don't want anybody to see us there. Yeah. We say, oh, no, we're good. We're good. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. This also, I think, moves us really beautifully onto the next point which is discussing what the silos of thought are that trap us and, and the creative mind flow and what the destination practice is and how it applies to the creative process. Fabulous. So silos for me, and we, I think we see this all the time, 
you know, I'm sure we've, we've today already in our life, we found five people siloed. Siloed are people that are in like-minded communities of people, like-minded thoughts. And the easiest one to refer to in America is the political silos. You know, you're either for Trump or against Trump. And if you're for, for him, no matter what he does, no matter what reports come out, it's just, it's fake news. If you're against him, no matter what he, what good he does, what bad he does, it's just fake news, right? It's, it's everybody, everybody bolsters their silo depending on what they believe. In the creative process, we do that same thing. We, we believe we are elite musicians. We believe we are uh, uh, world-class writers. We believe we are beautiful artists. But what happens is we silo ourselves into the thought that we'll never be successful because we believe the stories our parents told us that an artist will never be successful, a musician will never make money, a writer will never be, have enough money. And so we're siloed by these thoughts of limiting beliefs that we put around ourselves that create that. And as long as that's our destination, just like I said with our GPS system before, everything we do will take us to that destination. So the beauty of the destination practice is, is we don't have to change that much. We don't have to do anything. We think we have to struggle to get to where we're going. All we have to do is put a different destination in our GPS system of our human operating system. And when we put a different destination into our system, it automatically takes us to where we want to go. What if our destination was, no matter how many times I fall down, I'm going to get up. No matter how many people, times people say no to the publication of my book, I'm going to put it out there and put it out there until somebody finds us and says yes. People compare the mosaic uh, and I'm, I, I, I'm awed by the comparison to a book called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm. Well, Paulo Coelho's book, The Alchemist, sold two copies the first year it was out. And the only reason it sold two copies was because the person who bought it lost it and he went back to buy a second copy. <laughs> okay. Now it's probably one of the best-selling books in the most languages of any book that has ever been written. Things take time. Where we are right now is not where we'll be. When we get out of the silo of this is never going to happen and we go into the destination of, I see already what's going to happen. I see that future. And the beauty about the mosaic is everything's connected. That means time's connected. Past, present, and future are all connected. If I can see it out here, I can bring it into here. My belief systems sometimes don't let me. I silo of belief. No, I can't do that. But we can, if we see it, we can, we can connect it to this moment. We can connect the future to this moment and create the reality that we already see right now. And if we say, no, we can't, we're right. If we say, yes, we can, we're right. Because the destination we see is the place we'll end up going to. We have to get out of the silo of what we think and find the destination that if we spoke to our music, if we spoke to our book, if we spoke to our art, where it sees itself. Mm. We only have a very small, we're a small piece in its mosaic. We were the one that brought it into this reality, but there's way bigger pieces at operation. 
where it's going, who's going to be affected by it, how it's going to touch people, what it's going to happen, how it's going to be translated, what it's what 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 music what musicians are going to pick it up and play it. We have no idea of that, but it does. It's already done. We have to get out of the silo of our thought process that limits us. Yeah. And allow the destination to take us. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that's a really beautiful place for us to leave off. And the perfect message, I think, to leave listeners with, to meditate on and dream about. Thank you. I mean, that's really what a daydream believer is, isn't it? Yeah. It's someone that has the courage to not dream at night when they're sleeping, but to dream in the day when they're awake. Yeah and see the vision of what an awake dream looks like yeah. and believe in that dream and see the reality of it happening. We all need to become daydream believers. We do. We do. Thank you so much, Danny. You've mentioned the book's website. Is that the best place for people to go to, to find you and connect to you and learn more about the book? Yeah, that if they go to the mosaiconline.com, it has all my links and all my places. If they want to get the book easier or faster, or like I'm doing signed editions on my on my page, and the wristbands are only available on my page, on my on my website. But they can get the book through Amazon.com. They can get it anywhere in the world. They can get it as a as a Kindle, and they and and so um, it's available on Amazon for sure too. Fantastic. The bracelets, not. They're only available on my site right now. Okay, brilliant. Well, you know where to go, listeners. Daddy, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure um, listening to you and exchanging ideas with you. Thanks so much for making the time to come and chat with us. It's my absolute honor, and thank you for the gift of knowing you. You're a beautiful, beautiful person, and I appreciate and love you. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks so much for listening. It's my pleasure to be able to bring you guests who are experts in their field to help you continue walking the path of your dreams. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to know what you thought of it. So please do remember to subscribe in iTunes and give us a little rate and review. If the show resonated with you, please share it with someone you think would benefit from it. If you have a question or topic you'd like answered on the podcast, head to lizchirelli.com forward slash contact and pop me a message. If you'd like to join my coaching community, Daydream Believers, and connect with me on a deeper level, you can become a patron. Just head to patreon.com forward slash lizchirelli, where you can sign up quickly and easily. As a patron, you'll get access to the full range of my coaching packages, plus you'll get exclusive early access to all of my musical output.